podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, joined this evening by Laura Bradburn and Tony Haggerty. Tony, your namesake was a standout among standouts today. What would you say about Tony Ralston? One Tony Ralston, there's only one Tony Ralston. <laughs> it's incumbent on me to sing that because I've been a vocal critic of his, but I can't criticise him in the past few matches. And these two goals that he scored, by the way, top draw stuff. That goal today was pretty special. Brilliant. Oh, it was brilliant. Fair play to him. He's made me eat my words on this pod, and I will eat, gladly eat my words because that's that's what I expect from Celtic players. So I want them to play like that. So, hat tip to Tony Ralston. An apology for having a go. And if you continue to play like that, then I won't need to have a go at him. And I won't need to question anything. So, application attitude. Tony Ralston has been spot on the past few matches, so yeah, he's uh, clearly learning under the new manager and clearly wanting to fight for the jersey, and I'm all for that. We speak, Laura, about you know uh, revitalising players, managers coming in and revitalising players, and some of the examples we've spoken about in the past when O'Neill's come in and Brendan Rodgers has come in, and you know we are looking at this team here. Ralston obviously comes into that category, as does Ryan Christie. But one thing you've got to look at as well is, you know, the element of criticism uh, that that player has taken over the last while. I mean, I remember when he comes into the team to play after the Dubai debacle, and players were uh, fans were still criticising him. And I think uh, against Livingston, he was one of the best players on the park. But it's sometimes difficult for some fans to even say he's played well. But I think that a huge amount of credit for him to come through that kind of adversity and that level of criticism to put in a performance like he did today. Now, we're going to be stripping back that performance. We're not getting carried away, but we are going to enjoy it. And I think it is safe to say that fair play Tony Ralston, that was another good performance from the right back today. Yeah, I think um, something that always has fascinated me about being on this podcast is, you know, we have the pleasure and sometimes the sometimes the misfortune to have 
everything we say viewed by in excess of 10,000 people per show at this point, you know, and if we were to say some of the stuff that we say on here down the pub a few months ago or a, a season ago in the case of some people on the show, it would quickly be forgotten about. But uh, as is the nature of what we've uh, volunteered to do, you, you sometimes get comments that you've made uh, brought back up and, and, and sort of, you know, you get, you get a ribbon for it and rightly so. But Tony Ralston deserved or has deserved some of the criticism he's received. All that we're doing here and all that Tony was doing there, all that I'll uh, reiterate is to say, you play well for Celtic and we'll say you've played well for Celtic and that's what he did today. That's what he's done the last few games. Um, if a number of the players on the park and in the squad showed the desire and the attitude, as Tony has said a few times today, that Tony Ralston has, uh, we would be in a much better position because he has made more of his ability than he should have been able to through pure attitude and pure determination. And I think that um, all that you can do in his situation is give the manager something to think about. And even if we do go out and buy another right back, it won't be a case of Tony Ralston being able to be easily dropped because he's put performances in at the start of this season that merit him still being in this team. Absolutely. We go from a homegrown Tony Ralston who made his debut five years ago under Ronnie Dyla um, to our new hero, Tony Haggerty. Let's have a wee chat about Kyogo. I mean, we <clears throat> heard everything that we possibly could about him from, uh, you know, such people as Dan Orowitz from the Japan Times telling us, You're, you've really got a player on your hands here. We do the usual. We watch the, the show reels. We read up as much as we possibly can. But we've now seen him in um, full flow today. And, you know, if that's anything to go by, we really do... Uh, I hope Kakashi is right. The first man of the match performance of many by our new hero, the number eight, Kyogo. Oh, wonderful. I mean, just brilliant for him to get a hat trick as well. What a way to ingratiate yourself to the home supporters on your debut, the match ball, man of the match performance. And, you know, unlike every Japanese person, just really humble with it. You know, he was bowing his head as the fans were clapping and all. Just things that you love to see, you know, and just. He just looks like a, a real wonderful footballer, doesn't he? But I have to say that the third goal, passed from Ryan Christie's world class, I think if mm. you're saying, now you, you have to actually have a serious conversation and not let Ryan Christie go anywhere. Because if you can have that kind of link up and telepathy with, uh, with Kyogo, you've got a potent weapon moving forward. You know, that was all about the, the, the timing of the run and the pass. Disguised it. You know, the last time I seen a pass like that was Scott Allen's at Ibrooks. No many footballers can play a pass like that. They genuinely can't. Not only does he spot the run, but he puts it into an area where all Kyogo has to do is just run on it and hit it first time. And and that's the hat trick. You know, it's it's you know, if you see if you see Barcelona do that or Bayern Munich or Man U or Chelsea, people label it world class. Right? So what's the difference? You know, that that movement. It's all about the movement. It doesn't matter the opposition. It's about, you know, I always talk about game intelligence, you know, and two of them were on the same page in wavelength there. Just a, a, a brilliantly executed goal for a hat-trick, you know, having scored two cracking goals by getting on the end of crosses. And 
that's the hardest thing in football to score goals. But see, if you've got game intelligence and you've got spatial awareness, you know, and you've got it in abundance, you'll score lots of goals because you can't be marked. You find space. And the last guy that did that, firmly enough, was Henrik Larson. And I'm not comparing Kyogre to Larson, but I'm talking about being hard to mark, finding mm. space, crowded penalty areas, whatever. There were still two guys round him as that pass was played by Christie, but we're still on his path in enough time to just one touch bang goal. Right? The kind of goal you saw, the King of Kings score. The finishes that you saw from Henrik Larson, uh, and I say, before MD gets carried away, and I'm not getting carried away, I'm just talking about the actual fundaments and rudiments of playing football. A guy that knows where the ball's going to be can get away from a defender. When was the last time you saw that in a Celtic striker and can score goals and looks quite clinical? The last person to do that for me was, was Larson. That's what I'm saying. Well, compare and contrast it even just to last season. How often were we sitting here after a game, Tony, saying we lack creativity in the final third? Nobody seemed, and we were basically relying on the long shots of the much maligned Ryan Christie, David Turnbull. We were relying on the long range efforts because we didn't have that spark of creativity that Kyogo clearly brings. Now, Laura, um, Ryan Christie has a like. Tony Ralston, being criticised um, a fair bit, not only on this podcast, but by the wider Celtic community. And I think that uh, I brought up quite a few of the comments there, the amount of positive comments coming through. Tony's right, that was a world-class through ball by Ryan Christie. And, uh, you know, if he can lay that kind of ball on a plate when you're looking at the attacking prowess of some of the players that we've seen at our disposal over the last uh, couple of games, then you've got to ask the question, Laura. You know, I, w- I was of the view he's on his way out. You look at those performances, he could be one of the rejuvenated players that we spoke about earlier. What do you do with Ryan Christie? Do you try and deal him in? Well, I mean, I totally agree with Tony. I thought he was fantastic today. Probably... You know, you can't not give the the man of the match award to Kyogo, given that he's got a hat trick. But if it's not going to be him, Ryan Christie's certainly up there in terms of players that deserved it. He was brilliant today. That the pass was first class. But some of the comments that were coming up about throw the checkbook at him and give him whatever he wants and stuff like that, I would say perhaps to pump the brakes on that a little bit, and only because. <laughs> I think that as brilliant a result as that was today, we were playing against what I think will be one of the poorest sides that we play against this season. I don't think Dundee looked great. It could have been a case of that we didn't let them play or it's a case of that they and themselves are a poor player. I think Ryan Christie has the potential to be one of the best players in our team but let's face it, he can be the Ryan Christie of last season as much as he can be the Ryan Christie of this season. And I would like to see another six weeks of good performances before I think about seriously offering him a new contract. I think he probably needs one just to protect ourselves more than anything else so that he doesn't go for absolutely nothing. But I wouldn't be you know, signing a blank check over to him on the basis of a great performance against Dundee. I think uh, I think we need to see a bit more consistency from him in the next few weeks before we start calling him, I don't know, the next or the, the new Iniesta or whatever. I do think it's a Ryan Christie of old though, Laura. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the one that broke into the team and was hungry. 
Yeah. Under Rogers, the one that came from nowhere and took that semi-final against Hearts at Murrayfield by the scuff of the neck. Mm. So that, and that's the Ryan Christie that the Celtic fans know is in there. Mm. You know what I mean? So if, if the incentive to keep that Ryan Christie playing like that is, I'm not saying you throw a blank check at him, but make him happier with a sweeter deal, then I think that's, that's certainly uh, something that both parties should get across the table and talk about. Because he looks happy at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know the player Ryan Christie can be because he's proved it time and time again. You know, we know the player we don't want him to be. It's the one from last season. Mm-hmm. So, but a happy player is a good player in my eyes. So mm-hmm. I think it's worth a conversation to see what would make you happy. And if it's nowhere near Celtic's ballpark, then you let them pursue that happiness elsewhere. But I think that there could be a, you know, a middle ground here. Because I like the look of him. I like his application. I love his attitude mm-hmm. since the new managers come in. You know, and whatever Andrew said to him, he's took it on board. He is the Ryan Christie of old, the one that shone under Brendan Rodgers, the one that badly regressed against Neil Lennon, is fast becoming a, me- a faded memory. This mm. is the Ryan Christie we want, you know? So there's, there's a conversation to be, you know me, ask the question. <laughs> You've got to ask the question, you know. So then he, he leaves, simple as that. But if he leaves now, you know, there's a gap in your team. There is. He has to be plugged and filled, so... Better the devil you know at this moment in time, I think. Well, you look at last season, right? And we know because we have deconstructed it so many times on this podcast, we know that there was a, a myriad of issues at Celtic Park. But one of the one of the big issues that we had, I think, with Ryan Christie is every so often he did remind you, Tony, of the player of old, you know, the, the goal against Aberdeen in the semi, the goal against Hearts in the final, and you just thought, why can't we see this more often? What I think we've seen different, and, you know, probably Alan Morrison would be the best um, Axon contributor to confirm or, that, or otherwise this this point I'm about to make. There seems to be a discipline about him um, because, you know, we, quite a few times last season, we played with three number 10s, which was absolutely bizarre in any case but he was all over the park but with no real game plan I think that what he's doing now is he's got the work rate yes he is switching from time to time from left to right but there seems to be far more discipline to his play and to his game and I think what it also does Laura it it does nullify to a degree the ineptitude of Taylor's final ball because he's not forced to play as much because Christie's taking the ball off him and he's playing the final pass or coming inside so I I think you know I I take on board what you're saying Laura Uh, we're all very happy and positive after a resounding victory Um, and I also take on point that you know what you were saying there about Dundee probably being one of the poorest sides in this league, not taking anything away from our performance today. Uh, but it's a good point and it needs to be highlighted. But on that performance and on a couple of the, the games that we mentioned from last season, Tony, that Ryan Christie, if we can get him playing consistently, um, he would actually be tough to replace, wouldn't he? Because certainly in the, in the current squad, I'm not going to be putting uh, Niogo out left, which is what we thought we were getting when we signed him, a left-sided player. You know, he's got to play through the centre. Um, now, there were some great performances, I thought, today. But uh, a favourite of yours, Laura, is our very own David Turnbull. 
Now, he came in for some amount of stick over the last few weeks. I've seen people um, on social media just this morning talking about punting David Turnbull. I think he went out there today and proved to everybody that, yeah, maybe his form wasn't the best for two or three games, but back to his best today, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody what I think of David Turnbull as a footballer. I think he's fantastic. I think uh, I've reluctantly agreed that he has not been at his best the last few games. And I think the the biggest sin that he has sometimes is that... Uh, he can let games go by at times. He can be completely anonymous because of the type of player that he is. He's not a very defensive player. Um, so if we are not at our best attacking-wise, then he falls victim of that and and you know has very little opportunity to have an impact on the game. What I liked about him today, and I was saying I think at half-time to you guys, um, was I thought he was actually playing a bit deeper today. I didn't think they were relying on him so much as a number 10. He was slightly deeper and playing a kind of more... The only th- way I can think to describe it is if anybody watches NFL as a kind of quarterback uh, position where he was like playing that bit deeper, um, using his ability to pass the ball. And when he had all these players like Abada, Christie, uh, Rodjic in the first half and Furuhashi making all those runs, you know, he had a a wealth of options there and obviously has the ability to pick the passes out. And if that slight change in his position and slight change in his role in the team uh, is for the better of the team, then so be it. I think that's one concern people have had is, does David Turnbull fit the system Ange wants to play? And on the evidence of today, a slight tweak to the way that he plays suggests that he might still have that. What's your thoughts, Tony? Um, I mean... We actually look at every single ball that Celtic kick. Um, we look at every performance from every player. And it was quite clear that David Turnbull wasn't you know, starting this season the way that uh, he'd finished last season. And I think that uh, some people are uh, very knee-jerk in the reaction to that. He's come back today. His retention was as good as it um, tends to be. But also, he didn't fade as badly as he has done in the past, even last season. You know, sometimes last 20, 30 minutes of the game, he faded, didn't he? I thought it was a good all-round performance from Turnbull this afternoon. Quite a difference a week makes. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We need Yuck, and you, me, and Kevin going berserk, you know, but very pointing out various things. As you say, watching every kick of the ball, but yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a fact of life that some players just have bad days at the office. Mm. Not one day, but like two or three consecutive days. And and I think by David Turnbull's high standards, I mean, David Turnbull shone out like a beacon last season. 
one of the worst seasons in history. No, arguably the worst season in history. And, you know, that guy was head and shoulders above the rest. So he set a very high bar. So the minute he falls below it, people are like, oh, Turnbull, Turnbull's hopeless. You know, the, the criticism's ferocious. We're guilty of it ourselves a wee bit, you know. So you, you hold your hands up at times, but he's been off the boil for two or three games in the trot there. Attracted some real negativity, but we've said all along since he came into the team last September or whenever it was, the guy's a baller. He can play. And I think that actually suits him, being that kind of uh, quarterback type player. Because he's got a knife for a pass. He's still got, he still strolls forwards and he's many with two or three shots of goal today, three or four. Mm. Yeah. You know, forced a couple of good saves from the keeper. You know, on any other, and on another day, those go in because he's quite accurate. He usually hits the target. So the couple of games before it, when he was dragging shots and pulling shots wide, that was just, you know, microcosmic of the, the wee rut that he was in. But he certainly stepped out of it today, as, as, as the whole team did. Celtic's domestic season up and running today. You know, whatever was said by the manager, the, the system that they played, it just clicked. And I get that, that we're playing Dundee, but still a statement of intent. Six, and they were still queued. There was about five of them queuing up to put that one in at the end for seven. Mm-hmm. Scalped over the bar. As Laura said, that have to, that's what you want to see. Guys are mm-hmm. losing that they never made it seven. You know what I mean? And that... and. And do you know what? You can only beat the opposition that's put in front of you. Dundee aren't they that good. That's what you do to teams if if you're being clinical and you're not lighting up. And that's what I like to book Kyogo. And that's why I, I mentioned La- Larson and stuff. These guys never let up. They were always on the move. They were always mm-hmm. running, regardless mm-hmm. of the score. You know, and, and Kyogo did that. He reminded me of that, the way Celtic played under O'Neill. It was a high tempo at all times. They never chucked it. They were always in people's faces. You know, the, that high press just never let up. But as a striker, Kyoko's always on the go. His eyes are always looking forward. And, and Laura made a good point. When Eddie came on, how many times he get the ball and he, and he was facing his own goal? Kyoko got the ball and he was facing that goal and he was charging in and goal. Right? So, difference, you know what I mean? And more often than not, when Larson, Larson very rarely received the ball facing his own goal. Did he? Whenever he got the ball, he was always out wide, cutting in or, or heading, bearing down on goal because he had that game intelligence to be able to flick it on. And as I say, I'm not getting carried away. It was just reminiscent of the way I like a Celtic centre-forward to play mm-hmm. or a front man to play, right? Not comparing him with Larson, not yet, and, and maybe never will. But I'm talking about the actual game intelligence and things that you do in a match, looking up, playing, playing on the shoulder of defenders, always being spatially aware and being clinical in front of goal. That's the kind of thing. I'll tell you what it's bringing back is um, an interview that I watched once with Stevie Archibald and he said that his aim was to make sure the defender that was marking him, Tony, didn't know what number was on his back. And I think that's what you're saying there. He gets the ball and he's on a pivot and he's facing the opposition's goal. Now, Eddie comes in, um, Nicks a penalty <laughs> from a badder. Um, and we hear the, uh, you know, now famous, which was already famous in many of our households anyway, Stone Rose's track, I Want to Be Adored. How often are we going to hear that at Celtic Park after today, Laura? Um, it's quite clear that the time is running out for Edward in a Celtic jersey, isn't it? Uh, listen, I, I 
personally hope we don't hear it for much longer because, uh, as I said before we came on air, I think if Abada had been at the club a little bit longer, I think if he had a little bit more of a foot in the door, he might have made a bit more of a fuss about that penalty because I think it said everything about Eduard that he comes onto the pitch, does not very much and is then try to grab the ball off the guy who's had a belter of a game and actually won the penalty. Um, and I know I know that's the correct attitude to have as a footballer and especially as a striker, but, you know, there's a bit of me that thinks that for team morale, you might have, you might have let the guy who's put the performance in take the penalty because at the end of the day, it didn't matter whether it went in or not. It was 5-0, you know, give him the chance and if it doesn't go in, so what? But he's got to take the ball and... and, and, and and fair enough, the penalty was fine and it went in. But yeah, I I think w- what made it more abundantly clear to me that I'm, I'll be happy to see the back of Eduard is I thought to myself when he was coming onto the pitch, I wonder if he's embarrassed at who he's replaced there and the amount of effort that Kyogo put in. I wonder if he sat there thinking, this guy's come on and scored a hat-trick in his debut with the amount of work, ethic and effort and the fans are singing his name, he'll not remember the last time that happened to him, not just because there weren't people in attendance, but because his performances haven't merited it. And I think for him, for the club, uh, both financially and from a professional and personal standard, I think his time's up. And I personally say, thanks for everything, but but see you later. (laughs) There was a wee nod in an exchange as he came on. It was almost as if the baton had been passed to Kyogo. You know, Eddie just sort of gave it, well done, it's it's your ball now, I am handing the baton to you, you know, I'll just go on and, you know, my wee kind of swan song. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fair enough. You know, players pass and go and collect a 200 at Celtic. And, you know, he, I would have did what Eddie did. I would have wanted that penalty. You know, if, if that's you signing off, you're signing off with a goal. He stuck a penalty into the top corner. He's given you some wonderful moments. Yeah, he, he got a lot of criticism last season for chucking it. I don't believe players chuck it. So, but he still was a top scorer with what twenty six goals. You know, so he, he did he did put up some kind of contribution, not the contribution we wanted. You know, but I think uh, I think there's a there's always a parting of the ways with Celtic players, especially Celtic strikers and. I think we've reached that point and I think it's beneficial to everybody if Eddie leaves and leaves soon so Celtic can go on with the, the new the rebuild and the new Celtic under Ange. Mm-hmm. You know, and we say to Eddie, thank you. Thanks for those wonderful moments. And he doesn't leave like a hate figure or people, you know, thinking nasty and saying nasty things about him. Because he's been a he's been a wonderful footballer for Celtic. You, you don't sign a player for nine million quid that can't do. That, that's not a footballer you know he, he's a sublimely talented footballer I think mm-hmm. he just got caught up in the maelstrom and the vortex and the malaise of last season and you just expected more from somebody like that you know and and, and uh, sadly he didn't raise us out the ordinary the way other strikers have before in the past when maybe we've been an ordinary team but they they raised us out the ordinary by doing extraordinary yeah. things and Edward didn't do that last season to to everybody's disappointment for whatever reason only Edward knows Edward knows the answer to that but I think he deserves to have a wannabe adored play for one last time because don't forget he, he was a hero 
you know, for for most of the time he was there until till last season. But name me any heroes from last season, Turnbull apart before Laura shoots me, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Oh, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. We have to say thanks for the memories and, and we move on and and if that deal's going to be done, we do it this week. Best for both parties. Best for both parties. And it's a lot easier when you see the performances, of course, of our new man, Kyle, coming in and, and showing what he himself said in the, the press conference. I like to play through the centre. Well, we like you playing through the centre. So let's let's keep that one up. Um, you and Boy Martin, no, you're absolutely right to bring this one up because we did speak about Tommy Rogic before the game. I think you know, we were quite surprised that he started the game. We weren't quite sure how we were going to fit Turnbull and Rogic in the same team. Well, Ange found a way today. Uh, Tommy Rogic, Laura, I'll come to you first. <laughs> it looks as though he could be part of this. Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, I think playing him in that slightly advanced position uh, leaves him with less to do defensively. Um, and the less he's got to do uh, physically on the pitch, the better for Tom Rodgers, I think. I think if he's uh, involved in the attacking but not much else, then it'll benefit him as much as it'll benefit us. Um I thought he played well today. Obviously, was key to a couple of the moves that the goals came from. Um, yeah, and I think it probably proves what we were talking about before the match that Ange coming into the club will potentially give him a second lease of life as a Celtic player because it was clear from some comments that Ange made before um, before we even played a game that he values Tom Rodgers and sees his uh, appeal. Uh, I think sometimes uh, previous managers haven't known how best to use him. So if we've got one manager at least that knows how best to use him, uh, then we can make the most of that. And uh, at the moment, uh, though, I, though I hate to say it, um, we're more in need of getting players in than letting players go. So if we can make use of the ones that we still have here, then then all the better for it. There's plenty to discuss. We've only got a couple of minutes left. I don't think we can go through uh, a post-match like today without mentioning the performance of Callum McGregor so often, uh, maybe not as, as often last season, but so often a player who is underappreciated for giving what we expect from Callum McGregor. I thought he was brilliant today defensively. He marshaled the team really, really well. A lot of our play went through him and um, uh, as well as some of the, you know, the challenges have gone through the players as well. So we've got to mention the referee and Tony because it did not improve in the second half. Um, you know, there was more rash challenges. There was a penalty shout that the ref didn't even give a second glance at. Um, but before we go, I want to discuss a couple of other things. Firstly, uh, obviously Joe Hart didn't have much to do it was interesting that uh, when you can only pick one on the bench, unlike the European games, Bain gets the nod. Uh, talking about players leaving, I think it's about time we looked uh, for a new club um, for our, our goalkeeper, Barkas, as well. The, the time has come just to move him on, Tony, don't you think? Yeah, the time has come to move the likes of Barkas, Edwards, you know, and before that, you'd probably have added Christian to that mix, but not so much now, because I think Celtic fans will... will actually want Christie to stay now. You know, so uh, you be careful what you wish for. Don't they, they say that? So I think uh, a lot of Celtic fans would be very happy if they could keep Christie. I think Ange would be happy as well. Uh, on Tom Rogic, we spoke at the, t- the stop of the programme. Mm. He, he was in to play those intricate one-twos in an attacking sense. Did mention that those weak kind of passes that open up defences. 
lo and behold, he did that, and as you say, kept out of harm's way, Laura, by not doing much else, but scored a lovely goal as well. The, the move for his goal was terrific too, you know, and a cracking finish. So lots to be positive about, but if Celtic are going to offload those players, I think you need to offload them clearly before the window and go on with the business at hand. You know, or, or or next week, or you know, as as soon as you can, get the players out that want to leave, or the ones that you want to ship out, and get the ones in that you want. If you if you're going to bring in more, and let's let's go that way now. You know, let's go an upward trajectory. You know, we had a wee slap in the face last week, and that was a wee kind of wake up call. You know, you're not going overboard about today because it was Dundee, but they did a clinical and professional job. And they played uh, a manner and a style of football that has got every Celtic supporter purring and you know and, and happy and put a smile on your face. And as I said at half time, it's been a, a long time since Celtic supporters have, have seen a display and a performance like that. And long may it continue. And we're all going to go and watch sports scene later on if if it's on, you know, uh, just to see it all over again, no doubt. So yeah, happy happy people, you know. How often did you do that last season, Laura? Rewatch a game after Honestly, doing the bulletin? Not, not often. It wasn't good for my blood pressure, so no, <laughs> not, not often. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed that for obvious reasons. Loads to discuss in the world of Celtic. We'll be back tomorrow for the bulletin at 12.30. Um, if you haven't done so already, check out the Des McLean episode with Jim Orr. Uh, Bend it like Bertie is a theatre show that the two of them are involved in. Des is playing Bertie all. Jim is the playwright. I think there's probably single figure tickets left there. So check that out. Uh, we've got an exclusive interview next week with uh, Mikey, 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 Mikey Galloway. Tony Haggerty will have seen many games played by Mike Galloway in a Celtic jersey. Uh, we went down and visited him a couple of weeks ago. So that will be a fully produced um, sit down in depth interview with Mike Galloway. It was great to catch up with him. And of course, we are here every single day and we'll be covering the game. Uh, when that comes round later on in the week. The jersey to my left will be available on axom.net very soon. Um, if you want to be in for a shout on the prize giveaway, then subscribe on YouTube. Um, it's growing rapidly. We're giving away platinum discs, signed jerseys and all sorts of memorabilia. So get involved, subscribe. Everything we do is free. All that's left for me to say is thank you all for getting involved and thank you to Laura Bradburn and Tony Haggerty for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network sports social podcast network Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.